Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Glad that you can return for another segment of Health Professional Radio. We'll be speaking with Don Johnson in this segment, a psychiatric nurse practitioner at the Indiana Center for Recovery. She's going to talk about a survey that found that 94% of people agree that substance and behavioral addictions mask underlying mental health issues and other findings. She's also going to touch a bit about medication failure and how the gene site test allows medical providers to swab the inside of a patient's cheek to give providers information about a patient's genetics. Welcome to Health Professional Radio. Don Johnson, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much. When it comes to addictive behavior, there are many factors that contribute to that behavior. Is, is that correct? Yes, that would be correct. There are many factors that contribute to it, and there are also many types of addiction. There's, there's gambling, there's drugs, there's sex, there's alcohol, but aren't they all related? Absolutely. They're all kind of related. Um, and, and really what we tell our patients when, when they come to us to seek help is, you know, you're masking something with these addictive behaviors. So um, initially we're going to treat the addiction. We're going to treat the patient for detox off of drugs or alcohol, um, if that's the case. But ultimately we're going to treat their trauma. We're going to treat their anxiety, their depression, um, you know, their their childhood trauma or even living with someone with substance abuse um, and, and try and, and build some resilience for them, um, bring back the chemical balance in their brain and body um, to, to try and help them live a good life. Talking about childhood trauma, past trauma, are there people who use addictive behavior, behavior simply to deal with what's going on in their day-to-day or what's going on in the world? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, what I find most interesting is we have the data out there. We have the, the ACES study, the Adverse Childhood Experiences study, um, that is clear about how not only the mental health issues, but also the physical and chronic disease issues that are related to childhood trauma. What I find interesting is when I'll sit with a patient and I'll ask them about their childhood almost always they'll say, oh, I don't have trauma, or I had a great childhood. And then you start asking deeper questions, and, you know, dad was an alcoholic, uh, there was domestic violence, whatever it might be, or even even a parent who, you know, was was uh, terminally ill in their childhood and had to, you know, they, they lost that security. You know, it doesn't even have to be a situation where we have control over it or a victimization. It can just be these normal life experiences that, Nobody really had the time to help the child process, and so they grew up with these underlying fears and these ages of trauma that they sort of got stuck emotionally in and don't know how to deal with them. So, you know, you go on with life, and you just, when you are by yourself and the brain starts to get overactive, you try to numb it because you don't know what to do with those emotions. There seems to be uh, no limit to the uh, the amount or the types of drugs that are out there. Don't these drugs work to alleviate some of this behavior, some of this anxiety, depression? Sure, absolutely. Um, and we, we have, you know, amazing medications out there to, to help rebuild the structure of the brain, um, help, you know, rebuild the neurotransmitters, control some of the anxieties and depression so that we can um, get the brain calmed down enough to start learning new coping skills. Um, we have great 
modalities of, of treatment like EMDR and, and, you know, CBT, DBT, different, <clears throat> different trauma therapies that we can use with these patients, but we have to be able to get the patient in a space where they can start to work on these things. And that's where our medications come in. Um, and, and of course, part of what we're dis- discussing today is there's so many scenarios where patients will be put on a medication and it'll be trial and error, trial and error, you know, and, and part of it too is making sure we have the right diagnosis. You know, is this OCD? Is this part of the anxiety piece? In which case we're going to do things a little differently with the medications than maybe we're going to do with just generalized anxiety with depression. Um, but regardless we have this sort of period of time, this four to six weeks before the meditations take full effect when we're talking about our SSRIs or SNRIs that work on the neurotransmitters. And when we're just guessing at how this patient is going to metabolize the medications, we're losing a lot of time. And the patients are getting discouraged. And they're going to go back to those old habits because they're not feeling any relief. And especially if they're an alcoholic or an addict, um, they're used to instantaneous relief. So it really is a matter of kind of quieting things down, but also being able to offer hope and offer hope quickly. And that's where the gene site test comes in. How different are the uh, approaches for substance addiction as opposed to gambling, sex, adrenaline? Are they vastly different? I heard you mention first you deal with the addiction, then you deal with the underlying trauma if that is mm-hmm. the reason for the addiction. Sure. Um, yeah, they're, they're very similar, right? They're, they're very similar in that they're, they're getting that dopamine response. We're, we're, we're triggering a certain part of the brain or certain neurotransmitters to help us feel good, to help us forget. Um, <clears throat> so each mode of addiction we're going to approach a little differently based on, you know, a drug of choice can be a good indication as to what the patient's um, diagnosis is. You know, if they're using crystal meth and they say it calms them down, then they, you know, there might be some ADHD there because that's the this kind of response we get when we give a stimulant for ADHD. So we're looking at what the drug of choice is or what the uh, addictive behavior is and what age of trauma is, is how I approach it. What age of trauma, what developmental stage did we not um, successfully go through? What trauma are we dealing with? And then, yeah, we're going to approach it with different medications. We might use a a combination of an anti-craving medication, an anti-anxiety medication that's not a controlled substance, or an antidepressant with a a off-label antipsychotic to treat something like OCD. Um, so it, it, it does depend on the behavior, but we can also, based on that behavior, kind of see more about the, the patient's underlying diagnosis. What would you say are the top three factors that uh, negatively impact uh, someone's mental health? Um, we're consumers of fear mm-hmm. in this society, and everybody is very afraid, and it's triggering childhood trauma and childhood fears. Um, isolation is a, is a big piece of, of what impacts their health. Um, and then, you know, I would say not being able to get the proper care, not knowing where to turn for the proper care. And when we have bad experiences in treatment, 
um, typically patients will run away from treatment, and you might not get them in for another five to ten years. Is there a, a website that uh, you'd like to direct our listeners to where we can learn more about the gene site test uh, or any uh, any other uh, information that you'd like to give us? Sure. Um, GeneSite.com. Um, GeneSite, like I said, it's, it has been not only as a patient myself and dealing with my own trauma and mental health issues, for me, um, it was like Christmas when I got it because everything started to make a little more sense. It gives patients hope. So the GeneSite website, um, we're Indiana Center for Recovery. We're an inpatient unit, um, we're, we're, but we're trauma-informed care. Um, and then just, you know, your any of your local outreach numbers, reach out to your primary care provider. Advocate for yourself. Um, you know, just get better. Live. I always I tell patients, you know, do no harm to yourself or others, and then let's live and live a good life. Do the next right thing. It could be just as simple as brushing your teeth that day, but try to remember to do the next right thing. We always know it's not to grab a bottle of wine. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I really, I really want us to start living better lives and not, not be in fear all the time when we really don't have control over much of, of what's happening around us. So we might as well, you know, have peace and mindfulness and, yeah, hope that answered that question. Absolutely. Don, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much for joining us here on Health Professional Radio. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Oh, pleasure speaking with you. Thanks so much. Have a great day. You as well. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Don Johnson. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. And be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio. Thank you.